Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 161 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here, as always, to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to go on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for being here this week, and thanks for tuning into the podcast. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast and want to show your support, the best way to do that is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. Your ratings and reviews help the podcast get seen easier and hopefully will help get people off the sofas and onto the saddles. Now, to everybody that's been doing that over the last couple of weeks and last few months, thanks so much. It definitely helps the podcast get seen and helps build the podcast organically. Now, before we get into today's podcast, I just want to say a massive congratulations to Oshin O'Callaghan and everybody supporting the Irish squad at the UCI Downhill World Championships. It was an amazing, an amazing race. Conditions were terrible. Oshin was just unbelievable. So congratulations, dude. You're the junior world champion. And um, as I said, when you're on the podcast, you were going to be the next Irish threat. So at least that's one thing I got right. So uh, congratulations, bro. Well done. And I hope you enjoyed your time there and you got on well this weekend also. Now on to today's show. And we are chatting about motivation. We are chatting about about the tough times with COVID, not being able to get out, with gyms being closed, everything that goes into making a mountain biker, really. Now, a lot of us enjoy the gym, a lot of us go to the gym because of the mountain biking side of things, but it can be a psychological battle when races are cancelled and you have to deal with things like that, that you've been planning and training for all season, and then all of a sudden, because of COVID, it's cancelled. We chat to Adam Copley, who's a personal trainer specialising in MTB, and he's been on the podcast in a previous episode. But we chat to him about motivation loss, about how you can deal with that, and how to best get started and get more involved in the gym side of things, as well as the bike side of things, if you're wanting to start compete and start to race. Adam's clients were asking him about motivational loss, things that they were dealing with over COVID. So... We both thought it would be probably a good idea to get Adam on the show and have a chat to us about these problems that people have been having over these difficult times. So we chat about that. We also chat about how to get involved in the gym a little bit more if you've been missing out and how to prep yourself for starting racing. Some of Adam's clients have also come to him and chat about that over the last number of weeks. So we thought that would be quite good to touch on. Now, Adam has been very kind to offer all the MTB Tribe podcast listeners 10% off all his one-to-one courses and online packages. To claim your 10% off, just simply visit Adam's website, adamcopleypt.com, and click on the MTB Tribe button, fill out the contact form, and send it off. It is that easy. Now, if you want more info on that, go to the show notes. You will find that there under Adam's episode 161, or go to the resources page, and you will find more information on it there. 
So without further ado, let's get Adam on the podcast to get us motivated, get us back out on the bikes, get us back into the gym over these difficult times. And even though our races may have been cancelled, there's still plenty to train for and still plenty to look forward to. And Adam shares his experience with his clients on how to best go about that, among many, many other things. So with that said, let's get Adam on the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi Adam, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. How's things with you this morning, sir? Hi Gareth, I'm really well, thank you. I'm uh, sat in the driver's seat of my car, looking at it, chucking it down outside. Um, I've just been at work this morning, so yeah, different setup to the last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And you're a PT, Adam. Um, you were back on the podcast in episode 146, and we chatted a little bit about that if anybody wants to go back and listen to that episode about starting your mountain bike journey things like that um so yeah you're out of lockdown the last time we chatted you were in lockdown obviously the gyms weren't open things like that uh you're working at the gym this morning there so how's things changed for you over the last number of weeks and months oh it's been a massive roller coaster ride (laughs) um first thing is i'm so grateful to be back um sort of the overriding emotion with everything really is just gratitude and you know i'm so grateful to be able to go back to work in the gym to go back to seeing you know my my friends on the bike and in that aspect it's been really positive um things have been slower than usual as to be expected but i to be honest with you i'm just so happy to be back able to rebuild things i'm all good yeah, cool. And like your clients there, Adam, you know, the clients that you had spent time with beforehand, the mountain bike clients and stuff, were they really keen to get back in the gym? Were they missing it? Were they like, oh man, I am so glad this is open again? Well, it was very different for a lot of them because obviously everyone's, um, their working patterns changed as well. So I've got a guy who lives a decent distance away to drive. He worked in an office that was quite close to the gym. He then ended up working from home a lot more. Um, so it was he, he does now, he does one session a week with me and then I write his workouts to do at home um, mm. just to purely cut down on travel and stuff like that. Some of them are really glad to be back. They've gone right back on to two to three times a week. Um, yeah, so some of them feel like they needed it. Some of them have changed a little bit based on their working situation. So it's been an adaptive process to be able to work with people still, but tailor things more to suit their new working and their new life pattern. Mm. Yeah, it's a challenge for you to do that. It is, but it's kept things enjoyable and it's made things varied as well. And I think a huge part of my job is being able to keep things as individual as possible because nothing's one size fits all. So, you know, you've got, to be able to do that yeah cool and it's interesting because that's what we're going to be chatting about today for a good part is just that psychological battle of races being cancelled of gyms being closed especially for the kind of the grassroots athlete or somebody thinking more along the terms of racing and uh, making this a part of their kind of career or a very very big part of their social life so we're going to be chatting about that about the grassroots athlete and and motivation loss all that kind of stuff um and i know your listeners 
were kind of or your clients were chatting to you about that kind of thing and wanting to know more from you on how to deal with stuff like that so it'll be quite good to get into that is that something you think people have been struggling with as far as getting on their bikes and getting to the gym and things i think so because you know for for me personally racing is a huge motivator for me um i'd love to do another sort of vo2 max test now and see what my fitness is after lockdown as opposed to what it was you know before the start of the cross-country season Mm -hmm. um because it is a massive motivator i mean i was going out doing rides at minus three in the snow and the rain and just purely because i was racing and i wanted to be as fit as possible um that hasn't changed over lockdown so i've still been getting out as much as usual but you know not having any races um not sort of having that sort of positive pressure looming over me to stay as fit as possible to keep progressing with my own fitness it's definitely been something that i've noticed and it has been something that you know i know a lot of people have spoke about with events being called off or events just sporadically appearing it's been a tricky one because a lot of events got cancelled quite late on as well so even though you knew in the back of your mind you kind of knew they were going to get called off when they actually did get called off you know because you've always got that glimmer of hope it's still a bit of a kick Mm, yeah for sure and like i don't know about you but um it's maybe just me getting older now but i find it difficult to motivate myself to do gym stuff if i don't have a purpose behind it you know if it's just sheerly for my own personal well-being and fitness I don't think I would be as motivated to do it. But if I've got a reason to do it outside of that, I'm a lot, lot more motivated. Do you find most of your clients like that as well? Oh, yeah, 100%. You you have to use the gym as a way to achieve a goal that you have. And your goals have got to excite you. They've got to sort of inspire you. And you know, I think going into the gym or going out on the bike something has to click in your mind to make you want to do it so yeah definitely you know going into the gym and just going through the motions it's not the same as when you go in there and you've got a goal and you're sort of right this is what i want to do this is what i'm motivated to do so it's going to get me through that workout because when things get hard you do need that sort of like i say positive pressure looming over your head to make you think right i need to do this and it's got to be done yeah yeah no definitely i can understand that well i'm glad i'm not the only one like that (laughs) (laughs) you've got to value your goals you've got to you've got to create goals that sort of scare you in a good way but also excite you and also make you want to push yourself out of that comfort zone because otherwise you just you're not going to be as enthusiastic about doing it yeah yeah makes sense makes sense yeah because i when i was younger i remember like motivation was no problem for me and i know in the group of guys you know there was four or five of us guys whether we were surfing whether we were going out on bikes or whatever we were doing i was always the one that was most motivated you know i was up crack of dawn i was always the one getting everybody up in the morning to get their breakfast and them to get onto the slopes for nine o'clock before the lifts opened you know i was I was the one that initiated all that. But I, I found as I've got older, I've started to let that slip a little bit. And I may take a little 15, 20 minute lie in now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it, 
I think it's perfectly normal. Um, it was quite interesting, actually. There was a, a video on YouTube I was watching with a, a pro rider or an ex-pro rider, and he was talking about e-bikes, and he was saying, like, on, on the mountain bike, I get up and I'm in my riding gear for two hours. Like, sometimes I watch a film and I'll have not gone out. But on wow. the e-bike, I want to be out and I want to get moving. Um, so, I yeah, know it's... It's definitely something you've got to you've got to think about, and I don't think there's anything wrong with sort of chilling out for a little bit before you go out. And riding's got to be something that it suits how you how you go about your life, same as anything. But yeah, it's motivation's definitely a key factor in in getting out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we'll get into that a little bit later because I'm uh, I want to chat to you a wee bit more about the motiv- motivational side of things, especially coming out of lockdown. Some people seem to have more have more motivation because of uh, some people seem to have less. So it'll be good to chat about that. But let's yeah. let's chat a little bit about the racing for the grassroots athletes. So if you're wanting to be a little bit more focused on it, um, or if you think it's something you want to do more regularly and you want to incorporate it into your kind of training regime and stuff like that. Um, so how does this change the focus on riding your bike and kind of what do you have to do differently if that's your kind of the way you're thinking about things? I think it all depends on how serious about getting into racing you are. Um, I mean, there are so many advantages to going and, and enjoying races. Like it takes you to new places you might not ride. It's a great way to sort of ride with your friends. It's a great way to meet new people. Um, so there's there's so many advantages to just going out and enjoying racing. And if if you just want to race enduros, for example, for the pure enjoyment, then you literally, you know, working on your skill set, going out and riding new trails just to to get that reactability or that reactive sort of skill up where you can adapt to new features and new things that you've not quite ridden before. If you do want to get more serious with it, if you want to use it as a way to motivate you for your fitness, um, then you can work in the gym, get your body stronger, get your legs more powerful so you're quicker uphill or you're faster on the, the flatter sections where you've got to put the power down. So, Again, it all goes towards, you know, what it is you, you want to get out of racing. Um, I definitely think racing is something that you should all have a go at because it is such a positive experience for a number of different reasons. Mm. Yeah, no, the racing thing's good, isn't it? Because it's where the community comes together almost, you know. Um, and, and mountain biking is such a big community kind of pastime or sport or however you look at it but the racing scene even if people aren't racing if they're there spectating it everybody comes together and it's a real good atmosphere it's a real good environment so it's something if you're into mountain biking you should definitely experience right oh it's yeah it's so good i mean enduro events are some of the most enjoyable events I've ever done you when you get to the top of the liaison you're just stood in the queue having a chat to the next guy who's going to drop in and you know it's just such a good a good experience and it's so full of people who just want to ride their bikes I think a lot of people are are a little bit intimidated by racing because they think it's just going to be full of really quick top guys Um, and when you go to a lot of enduro events a lot of those it is just people who want to enjoy riding the bike cross 
country's a little bit different. <laughs> Cross country's a little bit more serious, but you still do get, you know, the the fun events where it is just designed for people who want to dip their dip their toes into it. Um, but yeah, it's a, they're two completely different disciplines, though. So it's two mm. completely different ways to approach a race weekend. I dread yeah. cross cross country race weekends <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, the enduro thing's pretty amazing. I had uh, Jim Buchanan from Pen TV on the podcast last week, and it was it was really enduro that got Jim back into mountain biking because he had fallen off a little bit. He was he was kind of in the downhill scene and it got a little stagnant or he just kind of fell out of love with it. Um, and the enduro thing happened a number of years later and it really got him back into it. Um, and th- I think that's the thing about enduro. You can go and have a good time with your mates. And if there's three or four years there, it's almost a competition between yourselves to see who's the fastest, right? You can do it like that kind of thing. You don't have to be chasing the guys that are standing on the podium. Yeah, exactly. And, the amount of people I've sort of been to an enduro race with who've said, oh, I just feel like I'm out having a ride with my mates. And, you know, that is the perfect mentality to go into a race weekend with if you're quite new to it and you are just doing it for enjoyment because you're comfortable, you're relaxed, you're less likely to make silly mistakes. Um, enduro events in the UK have done a very good event, uh, a very good job of making the events just nice pleasant experiences to go to Mm, yeah i think that's so important because that's the kind of clientele they're wanting to attract you know they're not wanting to attract just the guys that are going hell for leather um obviously they're there as well because they're wanting to win but um it's more of a a family almost event you know more of a a family social event yeah it's great i mean it's yeah new places to ride new people to meet you know, you learn a lot when you race as well. I think you definitely become a better rider when you race um, because you'll see certain features of the track and you'll be in that sort of in the zone and you'll hit a feature that sometimes you'd look at and you'd think, well, I don't know whether I fancy that. In a race, you just hit it and then you think, actually, yeah, I can do these kind of things. So I think it makes you a better rider and it opens you up to new people, new places, and that's it's all about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, so for somebody that's wanting to maybe take it a little bit further and want to kind of compete at these things, at these Enduros, what's the difference or what would they have to be thinking about? If they're just starting out, what would they have to be thinking about gem-wise and bike-wise? What what would they have to do differently to take it to the next level? So the first thing you've got to do is you've got to look at the time you have Um, on a weekly basis to get in your training in the gym your riding and your recovery these are the three most important parts of any training plan aside from nutrition where you've got to train enough in the gym and you've got to train in a way that complements your riding you've got to get your riding in there to get your fitness in there to get your skills in there Um, And then obviously you've got to get your recovery in there to make sure you're fresh and you're recovered mentally and physically for the race weekends that you're going on. So I would definitely say to someone before you plan out a hectic week of training, take a step back, have a look at your week, your working life, your family life, your social life. Look at the time you have 
and then you can schedule in the time you can spend on the bike, the time you can spend in the gym, and the time you can spend recovering, because they are the three most important things apart from food. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the gym thing, we all want to get out and ride our bikes, right? We're, that's what, what we want to do. But the gym thing really helps when you're on the bike, right? With mobility, with everything like that. So obviously you need to do a specific kind of mountain bike training regime. Now, when you say something that complements your bike work, what do you kind of mean by that? So in the gym, for me, a lot of the things I do with my clients who ride mountain bikes and cycle, it's all about getting them moving as fluidly as possible. So making sure their mobility is key, making sure they can move properly, making sure that they are not stiff when they're on the bike. Because if you're one, one of the things I found, and this is a really good lesson I learned over lockdown, I used to lift a lot of heavy weights in the gym. I used to like going in the gym. I used to like lifting heavy. Um, and I found it really sort of stiffened things up and old injuries that I had were more prominent. And then when lockdown came, I didn't have access to a lot of the heavy weights that I had while I was in the gym. So my training changed and it became more functional, more fluid. And I found things like my frozen shoulder that disappeared. Um, and this sounds weird because I should know what I'm talking about, but you know, personal trainers are really bad at, at putting what they know into practice. Um, but yeah, so it's all about making sure the body and the client moves properly, that they feel more comfortable on the bike, look at any muscular weaknesses they may have. So lower back's a big one in the UK. Um, and also, you know, just working with them to make them comfortable on the bike, to make them mobile on the bike and to make them able to move around in a lot more of a fluid fashion rather than when you see people who are really stiff and really tense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and do you find that? Do you think that is something the average rider lacks, is that uh, that lack of mobility? Do you think most people are quite stiff? Well, modern life's done that to us. If we, we look at how we go about our sort of daily lives we generally sit in offices we sit down when we drive there's a lot of muscles that we don't actually use which you know our body just has them in there and because of that the body forgets how to move efficiently and i don't think it's a problem with mountain bikers and cyclists in general i, I think it's something that modern life has done to us and we've not really adapted to sort of fixing these problems that have arisen mm, yeah yeah definitely because you know i think it's something i know when i was growing up and doing quite a lot of training um that the whole stretching thing the warm-up before training it was never a thing right you know what i mean it was almost and i suppose the mountain bike scene was like this back in the day where the gym thing was not cool it was not mm. cool to do it you know, um, the smart guys probably sneaked off and done it because they knew the benefit of it. But the whole stretching thing and all that was kind of shunned upon. You didn't need to do it. You were young. You didn't care. Who cared? You know, it never. If you got a small injury, you were over it the next day kind of thing. But as you get older, you kind of realize that kind of stuff being flexible is very, very, very important. And if you put that onto a mountain bike, it's really important, right? Because you have this thing 
moving below you wanting to go different directions and you have to have you know a stable enough core and you have to have the flexibility to be able to get your butt and your hip hinge out over the back of the seat and all that kind of stuff do you think people don't really look at that when they're on a bike i think so and i i think it's it's purely because you know it varies on how people ride and what people want to ride for as well. Um, because if, if, if people sort of aren't really riding really technical sort of gnarly terrain, they're not going to be doing those movements as much. Some people are happy to just sit down and, and turn their legs on the bike. But, you know, if you, if you do want to be riding the more steep, more dangerous, more demanding things, then that is going to be demanding more of your body as well. So, it naturally makes sense that these are things that you should be focusing on because the more you can move around, the more you can maneuver the bike around. And if you think of the bike as like an extension of yourself when you're riding it, you want to be able to move that bike around and move yourself around as well as possible. Um, and also when you crash as well, crashing is a it's an inevitable part of mountain biking. I had a couple of big crashes this weekend and thankfully because i am quite mobile and quite flexible you know there's no breaking point and it was great to hear the guy from strength factory on your podcast talking about this when he was saying you know he used a great analogy of you know if you're going to hit the ground or a rock something's going to give and it's not going to be the ground or the rock Mm. so the more your body can move and the more mobility and range of motion you have the less likely you are to, you know, seriously injure yourself when you do have a crash as well. And that counts for recovery. When you do injure yourself, the more mobile, the more flexible, the stronger your body is, the quicker your recovery is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it was, it's one of those interesting points because you'd think if you weren't educated in it to some level, you would go into the gym if you want to get better on the mountain bike you'd go into the gym you would simply go on a running machine or you would sit on a static bike and pedal for as long as you could but effectively that's the opposite from what you really want to be doing in the gym right you want to be doing more mobility work yeah more mobility work and i think the thing is with the gym there's still this little bit of a persona that you have to go in there and hammer yourself and you've got to leave covered in sweat you've got to leave gasping for breath um and that is completely counterproductive you don't know at all you know you can go in the gym and you can have equally as productive as a session if you just go in there you focus on your shoulder mobility you do a little bit of strength work you do some plyometric stuff to make your you know your body more susceptible to impact and better at jumping and moving about you can leave a gym from one of those sessions not really breaking a sweat but it's actually helped your body move better react better become stronger and that is what what you should be doing and i do think that perception of you've got to go into the gym and absolutely hammer yourself and you don't have the energy to go on your bike afterwards. I think that's the perception that some people still have. And that's the perception that we sort of need to get out of, really. Because it's totally not what you need to be need to be doing. Yeah, that's so true. Because I remember when I was doing big gym sessions, if I didn't feel sore afterwards or the next morning or whatever, I, I just felt I hadn't done enough because I didn't mm-hmm. feel sore. But yeah. 
again is the age thing. Well, we'll call it, let's not call it age. Let's call it, um, I don't know, wealth of knowledge or something. <laughs> experience. <laughs> Life experience. <laughs> um, I now don't need that to feel like I've done enough. You know, and I'm sure people are going in there and they're blasting themselves. And if they don't feel, especially the young guys, if they don't feel sore or stiff the next day, they feel they haven't done enough. So that's really not we should, what we shouldn't be doing, to be honest, right? Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, my key goal in training in the gym is to be faster on my bike. That is the that is the goal I have. That is the only goal I have. Um, yes, looks is always something that comes into it because we all want to look a certain way or we all want to look a little bit better. But my primary goal is be faster on the bike. And when I'm in the gym, you know, I can do sessions that last an hour to an hour and a half. I can come out of those sessions not really sweating, not really sort of feeling like I've absolutely hammered myself. But I've lifted heavier. I've moved better. And I feel like I've not absolutely destroyed myself. So the next day when I do get on the bike, I don't feel instantly shattered or I don't feel like I've taken too much energy out of my body. I feel good and I feel faster on the bike. And that is what it is all about. And, you know, this whole perception that you have to batter yourself in the gym, it's completely it's completely irrelevant. And I think part of that is the perception that the, we've got in the world at the minute that, you know, it's all about what you seem to be doing and, and mm. you know, it's all about Instagram and, and social media and looking like you're working hard. You know, I don't care what anyone thinks of my gym sessions. I'm faster on my mountain bike when I go out on it. And that is all that matters. Yeah. Like, what do you think about that Instagram lifestyle thing? I'd like to get your opinion on it because... The pros we see posting up things on Instagram, a lot of them look quite dangerous. If you're doing those every session, you're quite likely to freaking break a wrist or break an ankle or something. Like, do you think what they show us guys, your weekend warriors or somebody that's just doing it as a, a good social pastime, do you think we try and reach their goals and do what they're doing considering they're busting themselves, right? No. Um, no, I'll give you an example of this. Actually, I was in the gym a while ago and I was doing some overhead squats with a barbell and I had the barbell in one hand and I was doing it over my head and I was doing some squats fully down to the floor and fully, fully back up again. Um, that's come from years and years and I'm talking nearly a decade of practice to be able to get my body in a position where I can do this. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't expect any of my clients who I've worked with for one or two years to be able to do that. So this Instagram thing, it's interesting to see the things that the pros are doing. And Tane's has been really interesting over the course of her recovery because she's been sharing some really cool stuff. And she's actually been sharing some really applicable stuff to people who've got injuries. Um, but a lot of the super, super impressive stuff it comes from years of hard work, years of fitness, years of conditioning. It's not something you should be going in there and trying on your own or something, you know, you should be coaching people who have been working with you for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but even seeing the, them guys doing that kind of stuff, but they would also 
do deadlifts. They would also do squats. They would do all the boring stuff that we all do, right? They just don't show it on their Instagram accounts. Yeah, the compound stuff is there. Um, that's a building block for any strength and conditioning program, in my opinion. You've got your big four exercises, which are your squats, your deadlifts, your bench press, and I would say pull-ups over bent over row. So they're the four components of a strength and conditioning plan, um, in my opinion. And that is your basic strength work. And then the functional stuff can be built around that. So you could turn a deadlift into a single leg deadlift. You could turn a squat into a pistol squat, a pull-up into you know pull-up claps or single arm pull-ups, bench press into dumbbell press. Um, so you get your compounds right and then you expand from there. But yeah, they'll definitely be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah yeah i think sometimes it just looks a lot a lot more glamorous what they're doing and people think they're you know but they're still doing the the dirty stuff that everybody else does they just don't show it because it's not exciting to show exactly exactly yeah. and you know a lot of these people have their man their accounts managed for them as well so and i'm not gonna lie if i was a pro and i could like pay someone to manage my social media account and just post for me i'm yep crack on <laughs> Yeah, I think we're all at that stage. <laughs> uh, cool. Now, you mentioned there earlier about the lower back issues we have as the human race. Now, chat to us a little bit about that. I obviously, um, well, it's obvious to you because I chatted to you on an email about it, but I, I have a lower back issue, which I've had for a number, a number of years. But at the minute this core word is so so popular you know it's the trendy word if you have a bad lower back you have a bad core or if your legs are tight you have a bad core or you know it seems to be the trendy thing to chat about at the minute so take tell us a little bit about the bad back thing why we get it and how we can help that and how it can make us be better on the bike so the bad back thing is a problem that stems from most of the general population um, will get it for one of these two reasons. Either they spend a lot of time sitting down and their back becomes underused, it's underactive, and that is when you stop doing things like when you drop your car keys, you would usually squat down to pick them up. Um, when most people drop things like their car keys, they just bend over. That yeah. becomes habitual and the lower back becomes weak. And at some point, you know, it, it it's had enough. Um, or it's overused because your, your glutes don't activate, your hamstrings don't activate. This again comes from sitting down a lot and not using them or doing a lot of walking. And it's overused, so it's fatigued all the time. And then when something's fatigued all the time, at some point, something's got to give. So... Most people have it for one or two of those reasons. And, you know, unless there's a, an injury there from impact or there's something else going on with, with the nervous system or there's something going on with the muscular system or the, the spinal system, um, most people have, have those kind of issues and they're easily caused, easily remedied. Now, on the bike, this transfers to a lot of uncomfort if you, say, go on rides where there's a lot of small bumps or you go on rides where you're in the same position for a long period of time. 
you develop that textbook so lower back it becomes uncomfortable to sit in the same position you're sort of moving around a lot your backpack's uncomfortable um now that is remedied by keeping it mobile keeping it warm when you're relaxed and getting some heat on there stretching it regularly then beginning to strengthen up the lower back with moves like deadlifting with moves like kettlebell swings kettlebell deadlifting um and just exercises that get you moving around a lot more and gradually strengthen up the back so when we talk about strengthening up the lower back we're not talking about smashing 100 kilograms out on a deadlift straight away it's a gradual process to rebuild that strength um but like we said modern life it causes that with office jobs with you know jobs where we're not picking things up properly and it's just how we how we are as human beings we look for the easiest way to do things and mm. you know that often when, when it comes to things like dropping your keys that often lead to things like bending over and not not doing it properly mm. yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's very interesting um and you know talking about deadlifts and <clears throat> kettlebell swings and stuff there that's something i just could not do without peeing mm. you know mm-hmm. um and the mobility side <clears throat> excuse me I just drunk something there and it went down completely the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it coming. Ah, oh, dear. Um, but the mobility side of things has really helped me, to be honest. Um, and that in itself, even though you're maybe not lifting heavy weight doing that or or weight at all, but that helps strengthen the lower back as well, right? And then in turn, helps strengthen your core. Is that right in saying that? Yeah because you're educating your body on how to move properly again so you're reteaching it how to use certain muscle groups that it hasn't used for a while what muscle groups need to activate during a certain movement and you know those muscle groups have been inactive for a while so just by moving around you're basically educating your body on how to move properly and and what bits to use Mm, yeah and i suppose that's the important side of doing a more specific kind of mountain bike training uh regime that helps with all that and incorporates all that into your training sessions all that mobility stuff that'll all be built into it to help lower back and to help your quads and everything else yeah i mean it's all designed around the person in front of you so if i have a consultation with a client it's all about their goals their needs what's going on with their body you look at how they move you look at how they stand and that gives you an idea of you know what you need to work on to improve their comfort on the bike and to improve their fitness on the bike as well so it's all about you know what's in front of the person and the mobility side of things is always um a key factor in any athlete whatever sport they do yeah yeah for sure and the mobility side of things the lower back and you know specifically how does it make you a better rider being more flexible and the lower back and stuff like that like how how do you see that on the bike what's the benefit of, of having that when you're on the bike the big benefit is confidence um you know if you've got the confidence it's the same as your tires well we'll do a comparison there your tires are arguably the main source of confidence on your bike when you know your tires are grippy you're on it you can you can hit runs a lot faster because you know you've got the grip 
It's the same with your lower back. When you know your lower back is strong, is flexible, it moves, when you know it's in a good condition, you're not thinking about what's my lower back going to do on these rocks, what's it going to do on these on these roots, can I hit that drop off or will my lower back struggle? So it's you've got that confidence in knowing how your body's going to react and knowing that your body's going to take the hits that you're going to give it. And that is something that, you know, we don't think about consciously while we're doing descents, but we always have it in the back of our minds and our body subconsciously makes us move in a different way because we've not got that confidence in the lower back. Exactly the same as when we go back to the tires, you know, you don't really feel your tires that day subconsciously. You're on the brakes a bit more, you're slowing down a little bit, you're not turning into corners properly. And that leads to mistakes. So it, it gives you that real confidence that you know what your body's going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the core, the core's linked with the lower back, right? So you need you need to be working on a strong core as well. So I would class the core as the whole can of the torso. Um, I class the core as the, the abs, the obliques, the lower back the upper back the chest because that is it all works together and you know we see this in textbook example guys who go to the gym who do a lot of bench pressing but they don't do a lot of back their shoulders slump forwards and they look really rounded almost like a gorilla Mm. it's the same with your core if you do a lot of ab strengthening work but you leave your lower back out you're leaving yourself with an imbalance so you're going to struggle in one area because you've just focused on one area. So the core to me will be the lower back all the way around. And I think of it as a can rather than abs. Yeah, because I think the perception is that your core is your abs. If you have a six pack, you have a strong core, right? But that's not true. That is is exactly the perception. Um, You know, a lot of people think core work is boring because they think it's just thousands of sit-ups. It's not. It's hitting things with sledgehammers. It's throwing medicine balls at walls and catching them. It's doing squats with odd weight, so a 10 in one hand and a 5 in the other. Wow. Um, Those kind of stuff, that is all going to work your core, and that is a lot more interesting. If I said to you, right, Gareth, today we're going to do a core session for half an hour, we're going to do a 1,000 sit-ups, we're going to do 60 leg raises, you're going to be bored at 10. (laughs) (laughs) But if, if I say to you, I want you to throw that heavy ball as far down the gym as you can, that is a pretty cool exercise. So it's more enjoyable and it's more effective. So it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. <clears throat> now, just before we move on, somebody that's interested in doing a little bit more in the gym and doing something more specifically aimed at mountain biking, what's the best way to start doing that? Is it by contacting somebody like yourself and, and getting the proper the proper program going for you? Um, rather than just going in and doing what other guys are doing in the gym? I would definitely do your research first. So we're in a lucky position with our lives where we've got so many resources available to us. Um, I'd definitely check out some videos online or do a bit of research on Google, have a look at the kind of training that you should be doing. So if you're searching like mountain bike specific training, tons of stuff will come up. Have a look at that. See if it's something that you, you know, you feel like you want to get into. And then, you know, I would always advocate contacting a coach, 
having a chat with a coach and working with a coach because they are going to make sure that you're doing it properly. So if you're someone who's been using a gym for a while and you type in mountain bike training, you might see a couple of videos on YouTube and you think, oh, right, I can do those. If you're someone who's completely new to it, it's going to be a little bit more complicated. So I would definitely say go with a coach and recommend, you know, go with a recommended coach from the off. But it depends on your training experience and your training age. But it can't hurt to, to have a coach. All the pros have them. Yeah, exactly. You're never too good for a coach. No, you can always learn as well. Yeah, for sure. All right. Now, let's touch on the psychological battle of, of races being cancelled and a little bit about this because I know your clients have been asking you about this subject. Um, it's been a tough time like for a lot of people. Um, so let's talk about this psychological battle of not being able to race, etc. If that's what, because a lot of people look forward to that throughout the year. They've planned their calendars around that. They have budgeted for attending races. And all of a sudden, when you can't do this, it, it's tough on you, right? You know, it, it plays on you. So what are the what are the problems you see with that kind of thing happening? Oh, it's horrible. Um there's a race in the UK called the Boltby Bash. I'm not sure whether you've heard of it or not. Uh, yeah, yeah, another one. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I did that last year, and it was the most memorable event I've had of the year. Um, the weather was great. It was a great social atmosphere. I met a guy who just coincidentally was parked next to me, and he ended up being like 10 minutes from my house. So from a social aspect, it was great. The riding was amazing. I got a strong finish in it as well. And this year, that was my A race. I was I wanted to win it. And that was my goal, win that race. Um, obviously, COVID happened. And that was actually one of the last races of the year to get cancelled. It initially got postponed. So I thought, oh, great. I might, might still be able to do it. Mm. And then inevitably, it got called off. And yeah. I kind of knew in the back of my mind um but it just sort of it kind of makes you feel flat you know when you just sort of you you kind of you knew it was coming so you're not overly disappointed but you're you kind of just think well i've got a hard session to do in the gym today and there's no no reason to do it um so you kind of just feel like you've sort of been kicked in the teeth a little bit i guess and you sort of lose motivation for a bit, but then you've got to spin that around because that's never a good place to be. So you've really got to turn that around and you've really got to, you know, get your motivation back to be on the bike and back to be in the gym. And the thing that did that for me was enjoyment of just, I love being out on my bike. And that was the one thing that sort of pulled me back. Um, I didn't have any pressure on myself anymore either because I this was my first year as being a, a sponsored rider and I was given a bike to race on. So it was kind of like, I've got no excuses now. I've got to be good. Um, that pressure was gone and I could just ride my bike and enjoy being on the bike. And that for me is the one thing that I realized that completely changed my perception of the year. Yeah. Yeah, because it's difficult. You can get into that scenario where even from the point of view, it's difficult to get out of bed. You know, you, you have nothing really to motivate yourself to do that. So you lie in a bit longer. Your gym sessions 
probably take a bit longer. If you even make it to the gym, you're not as focused, um, you know, and it can it can play on on the mind. And but I suppose it doesn't happen to everybody. It doesn't affect everybody, or it affects people differently. Like with some of your clients coming into you you know, with that problem, with saying, Adam, sorry, look, I've done very little. I've just been zero motivation. You know, were you getting that coming back into the gym? It fluctuates. Um, it does fluctuate. I mean, I'll give you an example. One of my clients was desperately hoping to get onto enduro racing this year, and it was his goal. I started working with him last year, and it was his massive goal to get racing enduros this year. And then one by one, they got called off and then they opened again and they got called off and they opened again and they got called off. I mean, this guy spent money on skills coaching. He went to Landegla to do a skills session. He spent money on me every month to train with me and get his body fit. And, you know, when you've, when you're spending that money and you're getting these goals and you're achieving these, these things, and all of a sudden, what you're aiming to race has gone. It's going to take your motivation away. And, you know, I spent a lot of time on the phone with him just saying to him, look, like, we can get you in shape. We can get you ready for next year. I know it's a long way away. We've got to focus on just enjoying being out on the bike, riding new things. Um, and one of the things he's really enjoyed is sort of coming out with me on the bike and riding stuff that he wouldn't ride normally because he lives in a completely different place. Mm -hmm. So you've really got to dig in deep with people and find ways to motivate them and find out what grabs hold of them and pulls them back up. And a lot of the times my coaching sessions have turned into just sitting down, chatting with people, having a brew and just pulling them back up again. And, you know, that is far more important to spend time with people doing that than when you know your motivation's low than the physical aspect of it because if you don't want to do it you're not going to put the effort in doesn't matter if i'm there telling them to um so yeah it, it's it's really been interesting and one thing i would say to anyone who's having a dip in motivation is is don't do it alone just talk to someone one of your friends or a family member or your coach if you have one just don't suffer with your motivation alone because it's so much easier to be pulled out of it when you've got someone else who you can relate to and who you can work with that can help. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a weird thing, isn't it? Like, you know, forgetting about COVID and everything, we all have down days. We all have days where we just don't feel great or we feel, I won't say depressed because it's not really depression we're just feeling sorry for ourselves or something but um and the last thing you want to do is maybe go out on your bike or maybe hang out with friends you know they give you a call you want to come out for a coffee or something you're like i ah, can't be arsed but at the end of the day five minutes into that you feel a lot lot better exactly exactly and you know these are people who share your hobbies they they will understand why you're disappointed about racing you know if you tell if, if you sit and you think to yourself about why you're disappointed about racing being cancelled, it, it's so easy to think, oh, you're thinking about nothing. Just stop moaning. But that is not what you should be thinking. You know, you need to talk to someone who relates to that feeling of disappointment. And, mm. you know, it's the same as Glastonbury being called off or it's the same as, you know, uh, 
a wedding being called off. They're big events and they're big things in people's lives. And to have them taken away, it's going to affect you mentally. So talk to someone who you can relate to about that because it's going to make you feel better, like you say. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. And I, I never actually thought on it like that. You know, Glastonbury being cancelled to a lot of mountain bikers wouldn't mean anything. They'd just be like, why is up? It's only a music festival. You know what I mean? But on the other hand, if it's an enduro event, you know, the person that's going to Glastonbury will say, well, it's only, sure, go out and ride your bike anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're brutal, exactly. man. We're brutal. <laughs> <laughs> the big events that happen in people's lives and... It, it to a certain extent it doesn't matter what the event is it's something that you were looking forward to and you were excited about yeah yeah for sure um now i want to chat to you about mountain biking and if you think it's helping with mental health because i was chatting to the gap the mount one of the uh one of the trail centers here a uh, number, number, number of months ago, they were on the podcast, but they were actually talking about they know somebody that works in the mental health field. And he was introducing mountain biking to a lot of his clients just to improve their mental health. Do you think mountain bikers have a better mental health or is it just something you think being out in nature and all just helps with that anyway? I think being out in nature has a massive, massive impact on our mental health in a positive way. It makes us more creative with our thoughts. It makes us more in tune with our local area if we're staying local. It makes us feel grateful for the places that we can go to and the places that we can see. You know, if you go out on your mountain bike, you can be out on your mountain bike for four hours without your phone without technology in your ear you're not thinking about work you're not thinking about you know what's going on on instagram what's going on in the world and that kind of stuff it is stuff that just builds on your stress and and builds on your anxiety levels and Mm. you know for me mountain biking has been an amazing thing to get into because when you work for yourself or when you work for a company that puts a lot of pressure on you, it gets you down and it feels like you've got a weight on your shoulders. You get out on that bike and you're in, in the nature, you've got your friends around you or you're out on your own. It's headspace and it's time to think and reflect. And that's the same with walking, running. It's just a fantastic, just get outside and just spend some time in your local area and enjoy the sites that you have it's fantastic for your mental health yeah i think so too certainly do you think being physically strong or physically active also helps men you know helps you be mentally strong as well i think so because it opens your mind up to new things and you know going to the gym for someone is a massive achievement just to walk through the doors um being active and being fit makes you less intimidated to try new things so you know you say to someone who goes to the gym four times a week fancy having to go on the bike i've got a spare bike you can come out with me one day they'll probably be up for it because it's something new and something exciting Mm. um if you say to someone who doesn't really have any activity level you know fancy going out on the bike for a bit probably going to say no um 
I work with a guy who's autistic and I see him four times a week and I've been working with him for about an hour now, an hour, a year now. And at the start of the, the year I started working with him, he was very reclusive. He didn't really want to go outside of his house to, to exercise. It'd be garden sessions. Now, you know, I, and see him i'll knock on his door and he'll be he'll have his walking boots on him but like, oh, well, let's go walking i've got somewhere i want to go um so that just shows it you know being outside and, and being active and being fit and healthy it gives you the confidence to try new things and it inspires you to try new things mm. yeah because it was interesting right because of the whole covid thing when the initial restrictions were lifted everybody wanted to go outside everybody wanted to go to the forests to the beaches everybody was missing that even though it's maybe not a regular thing in their normal lives, but they realised how much they missed it. Well, maybe COVID has done some good to the world in showing people that, you know, there are things other than Instagram that is worthwhile to have in our lives. And it's shown that we're lucky to be near areas of beauty and we should embrace those things. Yeah. Very, very true, man. Very true. I think, uh, you know, if we're, if we're used to be going out in nature and out in the bikes and, and whatever else, we don't really take that stuff or we do, we take it for granted maybe. And we don't realize how other people don't have that in their lives or don't have the opportunity. Um, so yeah, if you can get it in your life, I think, I think you're quite lucky. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think it's always something that, you know, we should encourage people to take up, whether it is cycling or or walking or running. We should definitely be encouraging everyone to spend some time outside. Yeah, definitely. We'll help with everything for sure. Um, Now, before I go, let you go, Adam, um, because I'm sure you've got a client waiting for you inside there. (laughs) (laughs) I gave Um, you a couple of hours. Good (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. so I just want to ask you for yourself, you know, you seem to be chatting with you there. You seem to be quite proactive and keeping people motivated and, and chatting them through these low times. And it's okay to be low, right? It's okay to, to have those feelings. But how do you personally keep yourself motivated? Do you find it's difficult yourself, especially when you're motivating others all the time? So I have learned to be very responsive to my body and to listen to my body and my mind quite a lot and I know what puts me into a negative slump and I know how to get out of those negative slumps and for me um, I put a lot of pressure on myself with regards to work because I work for myself so generally my negative slumps are affected by how I feel on the bike which has corresponded to how I feel at work and how stressed I am. I know how to pull myself out of those things because I've listened and I've taken note of what things help me out. Um, These things are things like meditation, listening to podcasts, reading books, um, essentially anything I feel like develops me from either a knowledge-based perspective or a a mindset-based perspective. just makes me progress and that is one of the things that I've got really good at learning over lockdown I took a lot of time to sort of read deep into myself and to almost get quite spiritual with things and now I meditate for 15 minutes once a day I make sure I get half an hour of reading in and half an hour of note taking in once a day and 
I try and be as proactive as possible with my times. When the car, I'll listen to a podcast or I'll listen to, you know, a podcast if I'm cooking some food. And what I would say is, you know, anyone else out there who's listening to this, just don't be afraid to, to get quite deep within yourself and really know your body and your mindset, because that is key to keeping yourself motivated. Mm. And it's very true. It's very true. And I think the key thing there is you have to know yourself because we are all motivated by different things, right? Like, I know for me, if I'm, if I'm not that motivated, if I watch, you know, say a mountain biking movie, it just spars me up again. It just motivates me to get back out there, you know, um, or even to go to the gym. It'll motivate me to go to the gym. That's why I'm doing it. I want to be faster. I want to be more skillful on the bike. I want to have less injuries. And by watching the video, the film, it, it makes me realize those things. So I'm a lot, you know, I'm a lot more motivated afterwards. Some people it's visual things. Some people it's audio things. So it just depends on how it works for you. And like you say, it's really important to find out what works for you the best. Oh, 100%. I mean, I work with a lot of the people I work with are quite younger um, by like seven or, or eight years. And a lot of them, I find, are motivated by money. And I find, <laughs> <laughs> I find it really interesting because money doesn't motivate me at all. Yeah. But the things you can do with money interest me so new bikes you know new racing experiences riding holidays weekends away on the bike these are the kind of things that inspire me and i'm more inspired by the memories that are created obviously you've got to have money for those um but work really inspires me and i love i love what i do and i I almost sort of that love of what i do because i i have so, such a passion for that people see that and, and people buy into that rather than you know the sort of financial aspects of things and looking at the costs of what i do i think people buy into the passion i have um as well as the, the results i can get them but i find it really interesting what motivates certain people and yeah it, it, the money thing is is a good one yeah yeah it's weird that yeah i wouldn't even have put money down as a motivation though we all need it to do what we want to do, right? Yeah, we do. But I, I, you know, I find a lot of, I mean, I've turned a lot of podcasts off because they're talking about motivation and it's bang straight on to, to money. And I just think, no, that is, it's just the wrong, the wrong way to, to think you, you should be motivated to, I mean, increasing your business is a byproduct of, you know, emailing more contacts, getting to know more people, helping more people out becoming more known in your field money byproduct of all those things and all those things are things you can control like you can't control how much money you make by focusing purely on making money mm. you can control it by focusing on doing things like this podcast emailing certain people attending networking events so i just find it's a really weird mindset yeah it's a strange one hopefully all the young Guys aren't girls aren't like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that many. I'm too old now. It's uh, <laughs> they probably find me a little bit boring. To be fair. <laughs> oh, uh, so about bike. Aye, uh, uh, exactly. Uh, 
is there anything new happening with yourself then, Adam, as far as your your PT work goes and stuff? Yeah, so I'm working with one of my clients to develop a pretty cool little app, which um, is hopefully coming soon about mobility and mountain biking. So that should be pretty cool. And I am back in the gym, back building my business. New clients are coming daily. It looks like races are going to start happening next year so i'm going to be pushing the racing aspect of it and i'm going to be racing myself as well so i'm going to be starting pre-season in october yeah yeah it's crazy like we're recording this what on the 30th of september but it'll be october by the time this comes out like the years 2020 is nearly away already what a weird year man (laughs) it's mental isn't it I was saying saying the other day, what are they going to do when they release these year in review programs? Are they just going to like cover January and February and then? Yeah. Just, like, we'll, br- we'll brush over to October. Ah, it's crazy. You know, looking at, looking at sporting events and stuff like that when there's no kind of, you know, when we look back on this 10 years from now and there's, you're like, who won that in 2020? And then you'll be, ah, right, it didn't happen in 2020. You know, it's yeah. going to be so weird, right? It's weird. Yeah, I mean, the Olympics is the big one, isn't it? Yeah, massive, man, massive. Like, talking about motivation, that, you know, you're training years. A lot of people's careers are focused around their their whole, from their a young kid, you know, their whole careers, their whole young life has been focused on getting to the Olympics and getting an Olympic medal, and then that's cancelled. Yeah. I mean, well, with, with cross-country mountain biking, that is the, the holy grail kind of thing. I think it sort of just sits above the world champs because it comes every four years. So, yeah, the Olympics is a huge thing to have to have had called off. Yeah, massive, man, massive. Have you any trips planned or anything like that on the bike? Um, I would love to have gone to Bike Park Wales over the course of the end of the year. But um, they're going to be really struggling because Merth is in local lockdown, isn't it? So they've had to close purely because most of their business comes from outside of Merthyr. But in November, I'm going to be living in a van. That's going to be my big goal this year. I'm going to be living in a camper van. Um, It's going to have a shower, so I won't smell. But um, (laughs) that's my big goal for the year. And then hopefully next year, I can sort of road trip that to the Alps. I'd love to do that. Wow, amazing, dude! Amazing, very cool. Yeah, I think I think most mountain bikers would want to do that at some stage in their life. Yeah, I mean, it's the I I split up with my my ex partner, who I'm still really good friends with at the start of the year, and I was sort of looking at houses, and I just I was looking at them weighing up the costs and things, and I was just thinking, I don't want to live in a house on my own. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I was like, oh, I might as well live in a van. And then I actually genuinely started looking into it. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. Yeah, I think it's good. Like, I think it's something you kind of have to try. If you don't like it, if you don't enjoy it, well, that's okay. You tried it. Yeah, you just sell it. Yeah. It's, like... yeah I think this year's this year has shown us that, you know, you, you should try everything if you want to do something. Because jobs can go with an instant you know your whole life can change dramatically in an instant 
And, you know, this year's really been a sort of wake-up call to people to just think, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And if I don't like it, I can go back to what I was doing before. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very true, very true. So, Adam, how can people get in contact with you, follow what you're doing? Yeah, they can get in touch with me on my website, www.adamcopleypt.com. And then on Instagram, I am at acopleypt. Um, Send me a DM, get in touch with me. I've had a few chats with people who listened to the last podcast and that was really cool. So yeah, fire questions away. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Awesome. And uh, thanks so much for coming on again. It has been great to chat to you. And I think important stuff to chat about at this time as well. Um, There is a bit of a, I hate going on about the COVID thing, but it does seem to be coming around again. Um, So Let's hope it's maybe not as bad as the first wave, but um, you never know. So it was good to chat about these things. And um, I know some people do struggle with the motivational side of things, especially being locked indoors and and everything else. It's easy to see why. So it was good to chat to you about these things. I appreciate you coming on the show. No, no, no. Pleasure to be here. Really enjoyed chatting to you again. All right, Bod. Well, listen, have a great day and I hope your training sessions go well there with whatever you've got planned and that the rain stops. It's just started here, actually. I can hear it now bouncing off the roof. (laughs) (laughs) You've got Sheffield weather. Yeah, man, yeah. All right, Adam, thanks so much. Have a great day, bro. You too. See you later, Gareth. That's a wrap for episode 161 and I do hope you enjoyed that and I hope you took something from that. I know Adam's been helping a lot of his clients over the last number of weeks. Just get motivated, get back on the bike, get back into a routine with the gym and with riding and stuff like that and helping them kind of get encouragement and get back out there again because it is tough for some people. Some people deal with it better than others. So it was great to get Adam on and chat about that and I hope it has helped you and I hope it helps you get out on the bike in the near future. Adam, I just want to say a big thanks for coming on the show and for sharing your clients' experiences and stuff like that and how it can help us all get out on the bike and enjoy our riding more. So thanks so much, bro, and I hope everything goes well for you in the remainder of this year. Now, just a quick reminder before we go, Adam has kindly offered all MTB Tribe podcast listeners 10% off all his one-to-one courses and online packages. Simply visit Adam's website, adamcopleypt.com, click on the MTB Tribe button, fill out the contact form, starting with MTB Tribe, and send it off. It is that easy to take advantage of that 10% off. Now, if you want more information on that, just simply visit the show notes at mtb-tribe.com and you will see Adam's episode there, episode 161, or go to the resources page on the website and the information will also be there. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, the best way to help support the show is by subscribing, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people if you're not on apple you can also find us and subscribe via stitcher spotify and podbean or wherever you may listen to your podcasts from we also have a website mtb-tribe.com where you can find the complete bike catalog listen and download every show completely free from there you can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link 
to listen to the podcast. You can also get involved on social media at MTB Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. And you can PM me there and get in contact with me there. If you want to get in contact with me via email, you will find me at info at mtb-tribe.com. I do read all emails and I will get back to you. So thanks so much for tuning in this week, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show and it was great to have you part of the podcast as always. But until next week, until another MTV Tribe podcast, get the bikes out, hit the trails and stay MTV stoked.